0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening in. Uh, I want to go ahead and say that I understand that this is a little late, but what we're going to be doing is normally, and I've said it before, if you're listening before to the podcast, is that normally what I do uh, is my podcast recorded. Uh, The weekends I don't have my kids, and you know we're going to, because of the holidays, things got kind of, squirrely and, and uh weekends changed and stuff so so far this year I've been doing it when I've had my kids but it's been really, really fucking difficult because obviously when I have my kids I try and make sure that uh you know I go out and do stuff with them. So this is going to be the new schedule for the bi-weekly podcast. Uh so just want to give you guys a heads up. You will be getting another episode within two weeks. Also, for our Patreon listeners, I just want to go ahead and mention that I have not released that Patreon episode yet. I'm trying to do some more uh, research because I stated before that the first episode is going to be about 3D printing and just kind of my deep dive into it. Uh, Just trying to get you guys some great resources that have really helped me out in my 3D printing experience thus far, and I want to try and give you guys the great experience and the great... um, I guess you could say the great uh, resources that I've used to try and learn because I am not fucking technological at all. Uh, So everything has been a very steep learning curve for me. So just trying to kind of break it down Barney Five style for you guys. So be looking forward for that. I will definitely release it before the next podcast, uh, the next bi-weekly podcast is out though. And also be looking forward to some uh, new interviews coming up. Finally got some... Interviews set up from some great companies that I saw out there at Shot Show, uh, so that is something to look forward to. So, be looking out for that in the future. So, with that, let's go ahead and get our house rules in order, and let's go ahead and get into the podcast. So, first off, if you have not already, go ahead and check out our social media. We're everywhere at 2A Lifestyle uh, I'm sorry, 2A Lifestyle, the number two A Lifestyle, except for. Instagram, Uh, we are two spell out T W O A lifestyle. So everywhere it's number two A lifestyle except for Instagram, it's two A lifestyle, two spelled out. Uh, We are on all the media, like social media platforms Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Twitter. Uh, I even signed up for that new Truth Social uh, social media platform that's coming out. Uh, I am very looking. F- I don't know if I say I'm looking forward to that because I think it's gonna kind of just be an echo chamber. But it's just another way to reach out to uh, the listeners and the followers and whatnot. But uh, I mean, with the shit that has been going on recently on social media, um, I just was talking to a group chat today. Like they're starting to fucking zuck people on Facebook for uh, the Canadian demonstrators' protest and for shit that's going on with Russian Ukraine. So. There's no telling what kind of shit that the algorithm is going to be putting away people for, you know, for violations and strikes and whatnot. So, be looking for us out on, I think it's called Truth Social. Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Any you guys give us is greatly appreciated. It goes directly back into this podcast. Uh, It goes to make this podcast better. Like I said, 2022 is, I think it's going to be a good year for growth for the podcast. Uh, We're going to be expanding our content creation. So be looking forward into that. And please, if you can, just anything is greatly appreciated. Also, if you haven't already, go and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. That is the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they come out. And if you can, leave us a review. Obviously, iTunes is still the just a kind of the Cadillac of fucking uh, podcast platform reviews so if you can leave us a review there write something saying you know how good of a job or how shitty of a job we're doing whatever but also Spotify now allows people to leave reviews and it's just simple five star review or whatever star review Uh, you don't have to actually leave they didn't even give you the option to type shit in there so any kind of review uh, is greatly appreciated all the reviews help us be found by people that are looking for gun related content so with that let's go ahead and start getting into the show. As with anything, when we start off the show, we are going to highlight the shooting sports. And so, of course, we're going to talk about some shooting sports competitions coming up and some results that have come in. So the first article comes to us from TacticalLife.com and talks to us about the 2022 IDPA Chesapeake Cup results. Ruger goes one and two. So Team Ruger has a strong showing uh, with David Olhaso. You know I'm I'm fucking terrible with names. Uh, my name is just as bad, so I'm I'm sorry. Uh, and Jim James, I'm sorry, James McGinty finishing one and two in the overall standings. Uh, weather conditions for the match were pretty great. They stated uh, shooters had a clear sky, and even though it was a little bit of cold. Fuck that cold, uh, but so that's good shit. Uh, and the revolver, Austin Blackman uh, carried home the first place. Compact carry pistol was that David Olhaso uh custom defensive pistol pistol was James McGinty uh and the high lady was Christine Parsons so that's pretty good. Uh a notable shot goes to it says in the article the revolver champion Austin Blackman who in addition to winning his division finished 17th overall out of 100 shooters. That's pretty fucking great. Uh the next major IDPA match continues the weekend it's actually already passed but the weekend of February 18th with two matches uh the Winter Classic in Newcastle PA in the South Florida defensive challenge are both that weekend so be looking forward to the results on that Uh, next article comes to us from Ameland, uh and this week uh it's titled this Sh- this week in shooting USA zombies in the heartland. Uh so what this is is Hornady's annual 3 gun match in Nebraska has become a zombie killing tradition long after uh the TV zombie craze is pretty worn off which you know kind of has. Uh so there was about 2000 members of top teams from USA high school clay target lead men at the trap ranges in Michigan as well to shoot for national titles. Uh, With each team officially representing their local high school. Excuse me, uh, it's championship of the best teams uh, with thirteen high schools from thirty-two different states. That's pretty cool shit. Uh, the air times were, and obviously this is already passed, but they're on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, and if you're in Canada, our brothers in Canada, uh, Sportsman Canada Channel. So we'll be looking forward to the results in that, probably on the next episode. Uh, this next article start getting into some of the news, but uh, first article. With news, you know, newswise, uh, it talks about Ameland States FN awarded U.S. Army contract for the M240L medium machine guns and titanium receivers. Now this is pretty uh, interesting just because of the fact that this is a really large contract. It's about fifty million dollars is to supply the US Army with two forty L medium machine guns and tiny receivers. Uh, it's roughly eighteen percent lighter in the 240 bravo which uh hump that bitch around in the army it is a heavy bitch so 18 percent lighter um still gonna be heavy as shit but it's still gonna be a lot better for people uh to carry that thing around being 18 percent lighter so they roughly uh reduced five pounds of it so it's pretty significant, honestly. Five pounds is pretty good. Uh, FN is also, you know, one of the largest suppliers. The small arms for the U.S. Uh, they make things for like the 249, uh, the MK46, MK48, MK17, MK20, all for U.S. SOCOM and, and other various contracts. So, good job, and FN on that. Uh, you know, and I think that's kind of cool, just because of the fact that you know, when I think of like, fucking, you know, FN, obviously, you know, we've had uh, the author of John Moses Browning, uh, his biography on here, Uh, you know, FN has very deep American roots, even though it is a European company, Uh, John Moses Browning was a very integral part of FN and the success that they are now, so, Next article comes to us from recoil.com, and its title is Censorship and Anti Fragility Error Precision. Uh, so basically what's going on is there is a book out called Anti-Fragile uh, by Nicholas Nassim Tlaib. And he describes his concept uh, which something that gains you know, disorder resistance. Uh, basically having no word to accurately describe something that is the opposite of fragile. He argues that the term robust does not even go far enough and is neutral at best. So, Air Precision cut a path through the thickly populated AR-15 market. Obviously, uh, you know, 20 years ago, nobody knew. Even, hell, maybe even 15 years ago, nobody knew uh, what Air Precision was. But now that they are, you know, best known for kind of being that medium bracket uh, budget AR-15 rifle. You know, they're not as cheap as like Palmetto State or Anderson or Bear Creek. Uh, but they're not, you know, as huge names for high brand AR fifteens like Sons of Liberty Gunworks, LaRue, uh, Geisley, um you know other you know very high-end AR-15's you know an Aero Precision uh, AR-15 is going to run you probably around a thousand to twelve hundred dollars and maybe even a little less than that just depending on what you get so uh, not too long ago you know grand thumbs page disappeared for a while went only returned with a little explanation so Instagram decided to take down Aero Precision's popular Instagram page Uh, obviously you know like I was just talking about earlier in the intro Uh, There's a lot of fuckery going on with social media. So at the time they were writing, you know, Air Precision was able to get a new Instagram page. And it only had 40,000 followers. Uh, So, I mean, that really sucks. And then, I'm telling you, man, like, the fucking social media uh, tech world, that is, you know, that's how communication is done now. And with business uh, you know you have to have a strong social media presence Uh, you know there is obviously you know still the old-fashioned you know word-of-mouth message boards things like that Uh, but things on social media is, is really where the majority of your advertisement and your reach is going to go so, I mean, like, for example, like, I go through my fucking email at least five or six times a day just because I get so much bullshit emails. So, a lot of times I'll get emails from, uh, you know, these manufacturers and I don't even fucking look at it just because the fact I get so much. And then, only that, I got like three or four emails connected to uh, my Microsoft Outlook app. So, you know, sometimes like when I order something and there's like, you know, I really need this now, but I don't have a coupon code, but like, you know, I'm trying to get like a good deal. I'll just like register another email for their email sign in to get like the automatic like 10 or 15% off or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's, that's going to give me a little bit of a, uh, a price, you know, a little bit of a price drop from what I would normally pay full price. So, uh, you know, I'll get like two or three emails sometimes from the same manufacturer and it's the exact. Same fucking email, uh, and and I try to unsubscribe from them. Uh, sometimes, you know, obviously those don't work very well, hundred percent of the time. Uh, so, social media is really how you can reach your customers. And even then, you know, it's been probably seven to ten years ago, maybe seven to eight, maybe nine now, uh, where you know you'd follow a page or you'd like a page, and that shit wouldn't even show up in your news feed uh on instagram or facebook you know it's all about shadow banning and that's what these um you know social media companies do now so god damn you know i'm, I'm not a humongous trump fan uh You know, I don't think he was the fucking savior that a lot of people like. For example, my dad. My dad thinks Trump hung the moon. Um, Now, Trump was a better option than Hillary or Biden. Um, But you know, that's something I'd love to have seen. And I personally think I think Trump probably would have gone after uh, the social media conglomerates and their monopoly uh, on. Uh, you know the bullshit that they do with their censoring and shadow banning. In his second term, if he would have gotten it, but that's just my personal opinion. I, I think that's something that he would have done. It's uh, something I really hope that a future politician does, just because of the fact that uh, you can't, you know, you can't operate a business without a phone, without internet. That is a public utility, and you pretty much cannot operate a business without social media. So it needs to be um, free, truly free speech. And that's what needs to happen. Next article comes to us from Amelan. His title is "Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act Appealed to Missouri Supreme Court." Now, uh, and I've had some seen some good discourse about this uh, in regards to this uh, particular article and other articles that's come through different, uh, you know, gun news type uh, periodicals and agencies and stuff like that but basically the challenge to the Missouri Second Amendment Protection Act which is also called SAPA uh, by St. Louis and Jackson counties failed in circuit court and is being appealed to Missouri Supreme Court now I got a feeling this is probably going to go further Um, I'm curious to see how this is going to go Uh, if you don't know what the Second Amendment Protection Act is basically it nullifies any future gun control from the federal government in the particular state where it's been passed there's been several other states that have passed this and uh, with the second amendment protection acts in missouri specifically uh, it has given local police the charter to not assist federal agencies in enforcing gun control that has been passed since this act so for example if this was passed before the bump stock ban then Missouri local, you know and state law enforcement cannot assist in the federal government's enforcing of the bump stock ban Um, so I've heard some people compare this to um, You know, marijuana, and, you know, I I do see some similarities, but it's not the best uh, comparison for what you guess you could saw, you know, call like left or progressive states uh, nullification. Of u.s. federal law because basically what happened with marijuana uh... especially you know throughout the country you know marijuana is still a schedule one narcotic on the u.s. federal narcotics registry um, but you know the states basically got rid of the state prosecution of it and now for a while there especially like under bush when there was medical marijuana in california and and stuff like that you know the feds were still going in and raiding these medical marijuana dispensaries and these medical marijuana farms and stuff like that, uh, to me, and, and this is where I've you know had the discussions with people, is that the best uh, I guess you could say comparison to left and progressive nullification uh, is immigration. Now, uh immigration is really kind of taken a back seat to all the other, you know, fucking craziness that's gone on in the world. Uh but you know, I say look at immigration. You have, you know, states like California, Arizona, New York, so on and so forth that have stopped working with immigration and custom enforcement officials uh in enforcing immigration laws and basically become sanctuary cities and or states. Uh, which is basically this is what's happened. This has become like a Second Amendment sanctuary state, and you know it's very similar. So uh, the loc this is you know Missouri has passed a state law nullifying any future federal law. So it- that's the only big difference there. Now these sanctuary states and sanctuary cities, uh, in regards to immigration, they have nullified current federal law. So you have these states and you have these cities that are sanctuary cities for immigration, uh, basically stating the exact same thing. You are not allowed to use any local resources to enforce this federal law. Uh, you're not allowed to put these you know immigration detainees in local county jails. You're not allowed to use uh, local, law enforcement on any sort of raids or roundups uh, anything like that so you know y- you haven't seen the you know leftist and progressive uh, states and governments get challenged in the Supreme Court but that's a very good correlation It's it's very 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 similar uh, except where you know one nullifies current federal law one nullifies future federal law uh so I'm very curious to see how this goes. Now when it gets to the Missouri Supreme Court, uh if it's shot down there, uh I honestly don't see this I kind of really don't see this the state taking it to the United States Supreme Court, um, but if it's upheld in the Missouri Supreme Court, I can see these counties taking it up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So I'm very interested to see what would happen there. Honestly, I think I know what's going to happen. I think you know the the United States Supreme Court is going to shut it down because that has been something that's been going on for fuck like close to 200 years now uh where states have tried to nullify federal law uh and the supreme court has ruled for the united states government every single time so uh just thought it'd be something interesting to talk about and again like show you that comparison that i think is is a pretty good comparison uh the next article also comes to us from Ameland, uh, and his title is pennsylvania governor wolf vetoes gun control preemption bill sides with law cities and basically what's happened here uh, is he is uh, vetoed a Republican pin bill that would punish municipalities from enacting firearms ordinance stricter than Pennsylvania law so this is you know some sort of it's a preemption law to where uh, the local governments and you know can't exceed what the state government is so like if and just kinda put it in Most simplest terms, I guess you could say, is that like you have, like, and just kind of going along with this because we talked about marijuana earlier, if you have like a pound of marijuana. And once you have a pound of marijuana, that's considered a felony to the state. You know, the local counties and municipalities can't say, oh well, with the state it's a pound, but we're gonna say if you have like a a half a pound of marijuana, it's a felony for us. That's a preemption. This this you know, the state or the local county governments can't do that. Uh so basically that's what would have happened with this. And unfortunately, he vetoed it, which really sucks because, you know, it passed in Pennsylvania with a two thirds vote in both chambers, uh, which, you know, or that's what it would need. I'm sorry. That's what it would need to override the veto. But it passed with 61% of the vote uh, in the House and in the Senate. It passed with 65% of the vote. So an override and veto is fairly unlikely, uh, which really sucks. Because, you know, that's what happens a lot of times. You know, Pennsylvania, even though I'm not a humongous fan of the state, um, you know, for personal reasons, I've mentioned it before on, on the podcast, um, kind of ridiculous, but, you know, fuck, that's, that's kind of like my gut reaction whenever somebody mentions Pennsylvania to me. Yeah. Um, Anywho, so, you know, with with this, you see it all the time. Uh, Pennsylvania is a very gun-friendly state, but you have those bastions of progressive cities like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, those kind of places that love to just fucking virtue signal with their gun control. And they feel that passing gun control and getting guns out of law-abiding citizens' hands is what makes people safe. And that would you know this bill would have stopped that but unfortunately the fucking governor vetoed it so if you live in Pennsylvania fuck if you live in Pennsylvania and you go to the vote next time and this guy's up for re-election remember this we need to hold our politicians accountable when it comes to elections uh next article also comes to us from Ameland uh multiple con- fuck y'all it is getting late where I'm at so if i kind of mismatch my words there you go. Anyway, multiple pro gun measures advancing in Arizona. Now, this is pretty good because Arizona has been one of those states that was really turned blue in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh so the fact that they're able to start advancing these kind of bills uh through the state legislature is a is a good big thing. Uh so the first one is House Bill 2316 expands areas where concealed carry permits can lawfully hold uh, carry. Concealed weapons. House Bill 2414 allows law abiding citizens to store the loaded firearms in their locked personal vehicles while parked on school grounds. House Bill 2489 creates a provisional concealed weapons permit for adults aged 18 to 20 years old. Uh, These adults are old enough to vote, serve on juries, serve in the military, and enter contracts, uh, and it states it is unreasonable for law to discriminate against them from preventing them from exercising a fundamental right to defend themselves and their families so now uh, here's another one that's a little bit closer to home for me uh, and it's also it's from Ameland. and the, a lot of this is is uh, stuff that I'm pulling just kind of from memory from a lot of news things that are coming from my state uh, gun rights organization BamaCary uh, and this title is Alabama Senate Committee Approves Constitutional Carry for Senate Vote so now what this is now there's a couple different bills that have been passed uh, this first one is SB1 uh, which is going to allow individuals to carry a concealed weapon without a permit uh, it passed the judiciary committee on a 6-4 vote um, 6 bill or Senate bill 2 is also sponsored and if passed it would prohibit local and state law enforcement from participating in the implementation or enforcement of any federal law related to farms now I fucking love this bill now what's currently going through is HB 272 which is basically just constitutional carry Uh, it's very similar to what other states around us have Uh, we would allow constitutional carry but it would still keep the pistol permit process in order for citizens to have a pistol permit if they wanted to carry outside of the state it just passed the House today, and it is going before the Senate, and hopefully the Senate uh, will pass it, and we can finally fucking have constitutional carry in Alabama. This next article, also to us from Emmaland. Emmaland really has a lot of good political stuff, so that's why I, I kind of lean heavy on them for like the individual state news when it comes to firearms rights uh the fight for farms rights throughout the country uh but this next article comes to us uh, and it states California mandatory gun ownership disclosure bill filed now this is kind of fucked so 2 days ago the California state legislature saw the introduction of two more anti-gun bills that continue to assault uh people's you know farms rights uh and basically the first one is Senate Bill 906 and it's to require the disclosure of farm ownership and storage methods for parents of school-aged children Uh, this is pretty fucked so now you have to it's basically a registry so you have to disclose that you have a firearm and how you store it if you have school-aged children Then there's Assembly Bill 1769, which introduced the prohibiting sale of firearms, ammunition, and firearms parts at gun shows in the 31st Agricultural District. Now, I believe we talked something similar about that, and basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of gun shows permanently in the state of California. Uh, The 31st Agricultural District is a very popular spot where there are gun shows in California. Now, people in California, which I look at the statistics for the, the podcast, You know, it's one of the largest uh, download states that I have. So I know there's a lot of Californians listening to this. Uh, And and I'm telling you that, especially that Senate Bill 906 is absolutely fucked. It is really just a registry. And, you know, it's always you have to worry whenever politicians start to state that it's for the good of children. Because really, that's. God damn it, I don't know if you can hear that, but one of my fucking cats got stuck behind a goddamn bookcase. Stupid fucking cat. But... Registry leads to confiscation. And that has been seen throughout history. Uh, That has been seen recently in in history. Uh, You know, with like Canada, Australia, stuff like that. But it goes back as far as the early 20th century. uh, And, you know, dictatorial and totalitarian governments but uh, that that is just absolutely fucked, and, and I guarantee you that's you know the whole spiel that they're putting for Senate Bill nine hundred six is it's for the safety of the children. We have to make sure that these children are safe from you know uh, you know ignorant parents that have firearms that should be giving them up, but they're not. So we need to make sure that they're storing them safely. But hey, why don't you tell us if you have guns and tell us what guns you have, so that way when we do start having confiscation, we can go straight to your door first. Next article, also to us from Amaland, I swear, starting, it's only, I think, like, three more, uh, you know, straight Amaland stories, and we start mixing in other news sources on here, but there's a lot of politics, you know, the beginning of the year, that's when a lot of state legislature governments start to, uh, you know, ramp up and start doing their, you know, bullshit, you know, politician jobs, Uh, so that's when a lot of news comes out, but... Uh, New Mexico State Senator files bill requiring safety training for movie actors now I just thought this was funny because obviously this is in regards to uh, Alec Baldwin's you know mishap quote-unquote mishap to where he killed uh, somebody on a set and injured another so I just thought that was funny and the next article uh, talks it's also from New Mexico but while Somebody is filing a law, you know, a bill to make sure that uh, there's mandatory safety training for actors in New Mexico, but they're also pushing a mag- magazine ban law. Uh, and there are a couple different uh, bills the first one uh, let me see if I can find it. it's hB9 uh, so basically what hB9 would do uh, is it creates civil fines misdemeanor penalties uh, for parents and guardians whose minors gain authorized access to firearms except in the case of burglary uh, and it also prevents uh, no educational community outreach programs such as the NRA's Eddie the Eagle uh, accident prevention program or the NSSF's Project Child Safe Firearms Safety Kit Giveaways. Now, I'm curious about this just because of the fact that I believe it's uh, you know uh, ATF requirement that you have to pass out a gun lock, uh, part of you know ATF's you know being safe and all that kind of bullshit that they do uh, mandate on people, uh, part of you know the sale for every firearm. Uh, but they're also trying to pass you know magazine limits uh which is uh House Bill sixty eight, uh, an ominous crime bill, uh which states possession of firearm with a school, you know, a thousand feet of a school is a crime, uh, and then also magazine uh limits and all that kind of shit. So I tell you, you know, they they wanna just take away your access you know basically you know the old saying nickel and dime me to death you know they're not saying hey you can't have guns but we're gonna make it so hard for you to have guns that the normal person cannot do it because of life because you know they have kids they have a job they're married uh, whatever it may be that they have to make there's so many extra steps in the process for you to do stuff uh, to where you know you can't uh, you know Teach your kids. You can't uh have firearms, you know, around your kids. Or they have to be properly stored, or you have to tell them what you have, where you have it, how is it secured. It has to have so much protection. And that's additional, you know, financial strain on people that maybe, you know, didn't have uh you know, they wanted the uh... $600 Glock at the store, but they ended up settling for the $300 Taurus because that's all they could afford. But now you're stating to them that they have to purchase, uh, you know, an extra $150 to $200, you know, little safe uh, to even have their firearm in their home because it has to be stored. Which there has been, you know, Supreme Court ruling stating that is illegal. It's just absolutely fucking bullshit. Uh, the next article from Amelan Knife Rights Action Alert. Uh, Washington spring blade ban repeal bill moving forward so basically HB 1224 which uh, presents the civilian ban on uh, spring blade, you know, quote unquote, automatic knives uh, is to be, re- you know, repealed with this bill, which is awesome. Knife rights are Second Amendment rights, in my opinion. If you're wrong, you know, if you think I'm wrong, change my mind. Uh, that's being pushed forward, and I think that's good shit. Uh, This next article from Recoil, speaking of Washington, uh, Washington State Senate votes to ban magazines. So, you know, they try and do one good thing, and then they do some other bullshit. So, in a 28-20 vote, the Washington State Senate has moved forward with legislation that would ban the sale, distribution, and attempted sale of firearms magazines that carry more than 10 rounds. So, any standard capacity magazine, unless you have a 1911, Uh, Or a single stack like a shield or something would be illegal. You're gonna have that stupid ten-round magazine limit. Uh, You know, citing three studies, the argument in support of the Senate bill 5078 contends that banning magazines that hold more than 10 rounds save lives, and the result is both morally good. You know, the bullshit that you know, like I said, in any time that they are trying to say it's for the benefit of you. You really need to take a good fucking look at it. You really need to take a fucking good look at it because it's most likely going to take away your freedoms. Uh, so it's just you know, good or funny in one thing, and then some other bullshit in the other. Uh, this next article is comes to us from Guns.com, and its title is "Bill Would Allow Federal Gun Control Fee to Every Background Check." So a proposal from a New York Democrat would tack on a new mandatory federal fee to every background check done for a gun sale, uh, and the bill's initial language would add one dollar fee to every next background check in relation to a gun sale. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't sound much, but a right cannot be taxed. Period. It has been proven with poll taxes during the civil rights era uh, it is absolutely illegal to Tax a right, which they already do tax gun sales. There is, you know, taxes on gun sales, if you don't know. Uh, we mentioned it before. I for off the top of my head, I cannot think of the name, but ever or here it is right here. Since nineteen thirty seven, the Pittman Robinson Act. So uh, levies a ten percent ten to eleven percent excise tax on all farms and ammunition sold or imported into the country to perform conservation related tasks. Now I will say that the Pittman Robinson Act even though it is illegal because it is taxing right it has done a lot of great work Uh, and this is something I think we as a gun community need to get behind more is the conservation of our natural resources and expanding the uh hunting tradition that this country has been so rich with in the in the past um you know that is how a good many people are introduced into firearms is through hunting and i think that that's something that we need to really um just kind of push forward more just because of the fact, like I said, it's a great thing uh, to conserve our natural resources, and it's a great way to help introduce people to guns is hunting. Uh, it's how I know a lot of my friends were first introduced into guns, and they are now, you know, huge gun nuts like me. Uh, this next article comes from Ameland, uh, but basically what it is is there is a 3D. Uh, I'm sorry, a. 3D printed forced reset trigger shows the gun control is obsolete. So basically, uh, there was uh, an article on MLM before uh, received a cis, cease and desist order from Rare Breed Tracticals. Cla- God, fuck! I'm telling you, Rare Breed Triggers. I don't, what did I say? Tracticals? I was for some reason I was thinking I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking. Anyway, uh, a cease and desist court order from Rare Breed Triggers claiming that all rights to trigger designs related to force re- reset. Um, you know, I'm all for rare breed triggers and their forced reset. Uh, I think it was like F A R T 15 or some shit like that. Fart 15. Um, but you know, this is like a 3D printing thing. You can't stop the code. And uh, I almost, you know, I know they need to make money because they have some humongous legal bills facing them in the future. Uh, because of what the ETF is trying to do. But I think this is a wrong hill to die on, in my opinion. Um, like I said, I understand it from the point of a business, uh, but from the point of a Second Amendment community, like I said, I think this is a wrong hill to die on. Um, that's, yeah, but what's really cool is they've added some links in this, uh, talk about the. Th- the forest reset trigger uh, and the 3D printing file for it. So that's really cool if you want to go check that out. It's at amalan.com. uh... Next article comes to us from Gat Daily. Uh, and this is a huge fucking thing, okay? So I want to talk about this because the ATF is up to a lot of fucking horse fuckery. And I really want to kind of break down what's going on. Uh, so this comes to us from Gat Daily, and its title is The ATS Firearms Database Loophole. Uh now if you aren't familiar there is a uh you know the firearms protection act of firearms owners protection act of 1986 prohibits all ATF and government agencies uh from establishing a firearm database. Uh and this was the one concession gun owners actually won uh to walk back some of the 1968 gun control act. Uh it, you know it really is is all bullshit. So what is happening is that anytime an FFL sells a gun they do a 4473. Now I think it's after 10 years that FFL is allowed to destroy those 4473s but if for any reason within you know any time like you know any anytime an FFL shuts down and they have 4473s still in on hand, They have to turn them over to the ATF. Now the ATF has been bitching and complaining about these paper forty-four seventy threes for God knows how long. Um, At one point in time, they've been you know it was it gotten so massive their paper data you know their paper collection uh, that it actually collapsed the floor of where they were keeping it, uh, and they had to get a bigger warehouse basically to store these. Uh, So. You know, what they have done is they have begun to digitize these records into a database that they say isn't a database of guns and gun owners at all. They promise. Uh, they just said that basically they're digitizing these records into a non searchable platform. But now, if you are any sort of, you know, I could probably fuck around with this enough and find out. If as soon as you digitize something, and it's not like they're just scanning it and digitizing it, no, they're like entering uh, these records into an online database. That it's easy as fuck to search that out. Um, seems like a whole seems a whole fucking lot like a, a fucking you know uh, database to me. And there have been some politicians that have come out and spoke harshly against this shit because this is violating a federal law uh, you know it's the exact language I think is it's not supposed to be a searchable da- searchable database but they're claiming it's not searchable but I wonder if they can give this you know a dumbass like me who is not very techno savvy uh, a look at their database and I bet you I can find some way to make it searchable just quickly based on the program that they're looking at now if they wanted to if they're bitching about, you know, how much room this this 4473s are taking and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, they put it on microfilm. Uh, you know, I was a history undergraduate uh kind of at the dawn of uh, you know, computer shit, you know, I, I went to college in 05. So, I mean, like computers were were becoming mainstream, but they were still new enough to the point where like, you know, uh, archives and shit, you know, haven't really digitized their their shit. So I had to go into an archives and search through microfilm if I was looking for something. Um, You know, they wanted to, they could put these 4473s on microfilm uh, if that is such a concern for them. But now they want to digitize it because they want to make it that much easier to search, uh, and that's what they want to do. Going on to some other bullshit that the ATF is pulling. Uh, this is an article. This is a story, uh, and this comes to us from Jacksonville.com. Uh, that is not getting enough attention to me uh, in the gun community. I posted this on my social media, uh, so if you you know see my social media, you will see that I've. I've talked about this a little bit Uh, and his title is Orange Park Firearms Probe Leads to Machine Gun Charges Against Wisconsin YouTube Celebrity so what is going on is uh, last year uh, prosecutors in Clay County, Florida have arrested a gentleman uh, called uh, Christopher Justin Irvin of Orange Park and he, he came up with the auto key card now, the auto key card, if you're not familiar with what it is, is a credit ki- uh, card God, see, fuck man. Here, let me take a drink of water. Maybe my fucking mouth will be lubed up and I- and I can talk a little bit better. All right. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. A little little refreshed. So, if you aren't familiar with the auto key card was, uh, it was a credit card ki- uh, fuck, apparently it didn't help. A credit card sized metal strip uh, and it had little cutouts in there. Now, uh what you you know supposedly you could do is you could take out these little metal pre-cut you know pieces in this auto key card uh, and you could put it in your firearm like a lightning link and it could turn your firearm fully automatic now even the ATF agent uh, that testified in the preliminary hearings for this case stated that if, as soon as you took out the pieces from this auto key card uh, it, you still had to do like some grinding and machining for it to actually uh, turn your firearm into an automatic weapon so even on, of course to their own testimony it, it is not uh, an illegal machine gun conversion device you still have to do some machining for it so this was kind of like more of like a like a conversation piece or like a get you know gag gift that kind of stuff Uh, you know just something to have so that way you can kinda look cool and and shit like that so now what has gone on is a Matthew R Hoover of Kelowna Wisconsin uh, has been arrested for conspiring to illegally distribute unregistered conversion equipment uh, and he has also been charged with um, Let me see. You know, I think I know what it is off top my head, but I don't want to tell you incorrectly. Uh, But I believe it's basically the um, the equivalent of evading. I think it's invading justice. So now he has a YouTube channel. It's called CSR Guns, if I remember correctly. Um, And he had 134,000 subscribers. So I mean, like a pretty relatively, you know well-known well distributed known you know YouTube channel. And what happened was uh, states that on between November 20th and February, uh, I'm sorry November of 2020 and February of 2021, uh, Hoover promoted the autokey card uh, and stated that actually the autokeycard.com is one of the video sponsors. Uh, so they are stating that since this auto key card was a sponsor of his videos and I think in in one of the videos he actually had the auto key card and he, and he talked about it and, and talked about how it was cool and, and all this other kind of stuff um, and they arrested him for this bullshit. Uh, now there has also been a GoFundMe page created to cover his legal cost. Of course, GoFundMe, I believe last I've looked, uh, has shut that down. And and what's fucking crazy is the evading justice part. Uh, what has happened is is this? I'm sorry, it's CRS Firearms. I believe I said CSR, CRS Firearms. Um, what has happened is. Is the evading justice part? Is he got married, and they stated that he got married to his then girlfriend at the time, uh, was so that way his girlfriend couldn't testify against him. Um, but what was going on? And according to you know several of his friends uh, that have come out, has said that the wedding has been planned for a long fucking time, uh, and that they just got married uh, at during the time that they were investigating him for this you know fucking horseshit, and still. Charged him for this. It's so f- fucking insane. Um, but he was arrested, and in the online hearing, a Milwaukee judge or a Milwaukee magistrate, I should say, ordered him released on conditions that he wouldn't have contact with witnesses uh, or promote auto key card silencers, you know, or legally questionable firearm products in his videos while his case was pending. Now, si- suppressors, it says silencers, but suppressors are a legal firearms accessory why can't he talk about suppressors that's i just boggles my fucking mind um it's just this bullshit right here i'm telling you this bullshit right here just goes to show that the atf is just out of fucking control And in this article right here, it says court filing said an ETF agent used a Dremel cutting tool to follow the pattern and cut from the metal an item that he inserted into a semi-automatic rifle to enable him to fire a fully automatic weapon uh, just from, you know, placing that in there. It's fucking wild. It is, I'm telling you, like I said, this is just absolutely fucking wild that they are doing this to this guy for just having an advertiser and for getting married. Now, these cases are going to be tried together uh, in federal court. And I really fucking hope that an organization such as the FPC, GOA, SPF, something comes to this guy's defense. Because this right here is just tyranny in action. Next article goes to talk about some more bullshit that the ATF is trying to do now this article comes to us from Mammoland uh, and it talks about ATF action so selective and inconsistent rules and enforcement uh, so basically uh, what's going on is there's you know a uh, congressional research service published a memorandum regarding ATF firearms testing procedures and this is from 2005 among other things it revealed that the ATF has over 300 cubic feet of classification letters stored in file cabinet and the bureau has not scanned any of these documents into a searchable database to assure consistency of interpretation so now they're all for scanning 4473's but they're not for scanning these classification letters to see if maybe they've already answered this question and that they don't want to maybe put out uh, inconsistent rulings on classification letters I don't give a fuck about that. But it's just, however, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, just however the fuck they feel that day. Uh, to the extent which the inconsistency has grown and compounded in intervening years is unknown and unknowable without a major organization and review effort, which ain't gonna fucking happen. That's what they say. Uh, it's just fucking wild. Uh, you know, and we've seen this just with uh, um, pistol braces, you know. As soon as they came out, yeah, you can shoulder them. Then, you know, a few years later, you know what? Change your fucking mind. Then, a couple years later, you know what? Fucking have at it, hoss. Shoulder them again. We don't give a shit. Uh, and some other shit that has has gone down. Uh, the ATF uh, talking about how on Valentine's Day they put out this stupid fucking uh, post saying, hey, uh, you know, if you have a uh, fucking government, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever uh, that you feel, you know, is doing illegal things with arms, come talk to us about it. And we can give them a Valentine's Day surprise. You know, w- what fucking part of, of swatting have they not heard of in the last few years? You know, this is a major issue where people can get seriously fucking hurt. And, you know, in their own language, it says, got an ex uh, who buys or sells guns illegally. You know, an ex, that would mean somebody that you maybe have ill will towards. Why in the fuck would they put this out? And just the the fucking ignorance of the ATF to do this. You know, I'm just going to tell you right now, if somebody that has a vindictive ex, uh, you know, while I'm getting my FFL, I'm... Honestly, quite terrified if she finds out. I get it because I guarantee you that this she will call the ETF. She she's done previous shit like that before. It's wild. Uh, go on into the next article uh, and let me pull it up. This article comes to us from Lee Valley live.com dot uh, com, and it is titled. If I can get away the fucking pay window. <laughs> Alt right armory podcaster kept exceedingly dangerous gun cash in Bethlehem Township, fed say. Uh, so what has gone on is a father and son who lived in Bethlehem Township uh, were arrested on Monday and charges that they had 13 machine guns and 12 unregistered firearm silencers, the court paper says. Uh, they said that these guns were unregistered and exceedingly dangerous and could kill dozens of people in a matter of seconds. Uh, but they were released on bond, so apparently they're not that fucking dangerous. Uh, Or these people aren't that fucking dangerous. Uh, But these people stated that they uh, have a podcast called Alt Right Armory. Now, I will say I've never heard of these people before. Uh, But they said that, you know, they're unlikely to obey the court's directives and it's a flight risk. Uh, But again, these people must not be that fucking dangerous because they're released on $25,000 bail, Um, you know, which if you use a bonding company, you know, you're really only looking at maybe having to pay $2,500. You know, somewhere around there. Uh, next article. This is pretty cool. Uh, and some of this stuff we're going to be kind of wrapping up. Uh, but the Channing Tatum. Now, Channing Tatum is a pretty cool dude. Uh, he was raised pretty close to where I'm at. This comes to us from Uh, Channing Tatum uh, is seen shooting with the U.S. Army Marksmanship Unit. That's pretty cool. Uh, he is promoting his veteran themed movie, Dog uh which I've heard good things about. I'm looking forward to trying to see that hopefully in theaters if not um, you know we'll do that. Uh National Second Amendment Day launched by Brownells. Now Brownells is a an absolute fantastic fucking company company. Uh Pete Brownell is an absolutely fantastic fucking dude. Um, so he has called the first ever National Second Amendment Day, which is two twenty two of twenty two, with a nationwide celebration of our rights to bear arms. Uh so they actually are paying uh, for range time at ranges across the country. Uh, so, if you, I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be too late. So, uh, I hope you had a good National Second Amendment Day. Um, and I. Think Think this is one other thing that I want to talk about, uh, and I think we'll probably wrap up the main segment after this. Uh, But if you aren't familiar, uh, so what has gone on is the Sandy Hook shooting families has reached a $73 million settlement uh, with the now defunct gun manufacturer Remington. They're going to pay $73 million uh, settlement with the insurance companies behind, uh, you know, what used to be Remington. When this comes to us from Ameland.com, and the National Shooting Sports Foundation has released a statement on this. Now, I have said something about this on my social media. If you follow me anywhere there, uh, when this first happened, I think this is a very dangerous precedent. Um, so the case was made. Not by a member of the firearms industry. The settlement was reached between the plaintiffs and the various insurance carriers that held the policies with Remington, which no longer sit you know exist. Um, so technically it's not like Remington or Bushmaster uh made the settlement themselves. It's actually the insurance companies uh that used to insure what used to be Remington, uh as it used to be known as the Remington Outdoor Company. Which is now, you know, that was sold at auction in September 2020, which we talked some about in a previous episode when it happened. Um, but it does not, you know, change, you know, any of the fundamental facts of the case. Uh, you know, they state that the plaintiffs never produced any incidents uh, or evidence that Bushmaster's advertising had any bearing on the influence uh, of Nancy Lanza's decision to legally purchase a Bushmaster rifle, uh, nor the decision of murderer Adam Lanza to steal that rifle, kill his mother in her sleep, and go to commit the rest of the you know horrendous crimes that he did um you know i i think this is really you know horseshit because you know of course the gun rights or i'm sorry not gun rights the gun control organizations have come out and said that this is a win they said this is a way for you know to show that gun companies cannot hide behind the lawful commerce act uh which you know protects gun manufacturers from doing you know as long as they're doing legal ethical business uh that they can't be sued for you know what their products do just like you know uh what was i think it was like a honda is what that guy was driving or a toyota that drove into those uh you know those people at the parade uh last year in december you know it's like they, can, they can't they can be sued uh, for what you know some maniac did in, in their product so I mean like I said it's it's pretty fucking wild um, I'm curious to see if this becomes some sort of present or if this is used in any future you know legal battles in regards to uh, lawsuits against gun companies uh, but with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our main segment and start getting into the gun news and reviews. 18 years old, I made a play Now I'm 21, shit is not great. I was born to live at a fast rate. I was sick and tired of being last place. Fuck around my room and play games tonight. and with that let's go ahead and start talking about some new products that are coming out that look pretty fucking cool uh, the first one is Springfield I'm sorry not friends fucking Springfield SIG announced a 380 uh, ACP variant of the 365 I think this is really cool because there's some people that like the 380 just because it does have a little bit less kick than a 9 millimeter uh, but good luck finding ammo is all I can say to it so uh, it's three ounces lighter than the nine millimeter version so it's gonna be a little bit smaller uh, which is again like I said good for those people uh, that want you know maybe have smaller hands don't want as much kick um, but the uh, MSRP doesn't have don't have it out yet then nothing in the article on um, this is from guns.com um, but it's going to uh, include optic cut compatible with the Romeo Zero Elite uh it's gonna have the same footprint as well as dovetail front and rear sights to help co-witness. Uh it's going to come standard, you know, with uh, you know the various 365 um, accessories that are out there, all that kind of good shit. Like I said, good luck finding uh 3D ammo. Uh next, uh Odinworks enhanced series nine millimeter bolt carrier group. Now this is something that we talked about from Shot Show. Uh I have reached out to the folks at Odenworks. I hope that this is somebody that can come on the podcast. Um, but this is a pretty cool thing. Uh, like I said before, uh, it is a, a bolt carrier group that you can add weight to it to hopefully, uh, you know, if you have some issues. I know a lot of people with PCCs have cycling issues, um, so this is something that can help with that. Especially when it's just start looking at suppressed. And the MSRP is honestly not that bad. You're looking at uh, 169. Another cool new Sig product that has come out uh which I'm pretty excited about honestly just cuz I think this is a really cool gun. Uh Sig has announced the new P210 Carry. Uh it is obviously Sig has released US uh P210 target versions in 2018 but the MSRPs were like $1700. Uh this new affordable P10 Standard uh is going to emulate more of the classic line of the 210 series of guns. Um it is going to be you know very similar to a nineteen eleven lightweight commander, uh seven point seven five inches long overall with a four point one inch barrel, uh with the slide is only just shy of uh inch and a half and it's gonna weigh twenty-nine ounces. Uh looking at the MSRP, not there yet, unfortunately. If it comes in subs Seven, maybe six fifty. I think this is a winner. Uh, like I said, it's a sweet-looking gun. I'd be interested to have one in my hands, honestly. Uh, next one, uh, Strike Industries. Fuck, I am apologizing, folks. Let's try and get a, just try and get through this. Um, uh, Strike Industries introduces a new uh, four-grip bipod. Now I'm not a huge fan of these, you know. Of course, like any new gun owner, uh, when I first got an AR-15, I got like the little El Cheapo, Uh but I found out really quick how fucking stupid it was. But hey, some people this is their cup of tea, uh, and it's $35 just to the MSRP. Uh, the silencer co-releases a gas-defeating charging handle Uh, now this is pretty interesting because you know I'm wanting to get into suppressors I'm wanting to get into the NFA action Uh, but you know wanting to get my FFL first Uh, but I've heard a lot of issues with uh, blowback in regards to uh, you know Suppressors, but this is supposed to help defeat that. Now, and what's really cool about it is the MSRP is only 115. Now that's, well, I'm sorry, 114. Um, now that seems pretty fucking hefty uh, for a charging handle, uh, but I mean, it, it looks like a solid charging handle. Uh, it's basically it's ambidextrous uh, and incorporates a gas seal uh, to prevent gas from leaving the receiver through the charging handle. Uh, which makes it so special. And like I said, for 114 for something like that. Uh, and I've shot suppressed. I don't have a suppressor. But I can tell you right now, sometimes that blowback is just fucking horrible. I mean, it's it's almost like you're choking. So uh like I said, it's that's pretty interesting. Uh, and our last product tonight that we're gonna talk about is the Fab Defense announces a Glock 17 and Glock 19 Ultimag. Now Competition is great. I think any competition is wonderful um, these fab defenses are really nice for the Glock 17 uh, course for the Glock 17 and the Glock 19 they come available for uh, 10 round mags for our people in less free states uh, but for the Glock 17 they also come available in 18 rounds and in the Glock 19 they come available in 16 rounds now I think this is great because it adds an extra round to it um, it's got a texture body it's gen 1 through 5 compatible uh, but some something that's pretty interesting is that it has a blue follower. So, you know, most Glock mags they have the black follower. Uh, you know, some AR mags, if you got like some old GI mags, them have a green follower, some have like an orange, some have a uh, But these are blue, so it looks a little, you know, looks a little funky. It almost looks like a piece of candy, like a Pez dispenser uh, in the pictures. But uh, the MSRP is only $19.99, so I guarantee you, you're probably going to see some, you know, maybe some sales uh, for maybe around 16 or 17 bucks, which puts them right in line with the Magpul mags. Uh, So I think it's pretty cool. It also uh, each comes with a Standard base plate as well as a tactical base plate, which facilitates faster extraction. So basically, it adds just like a little grip down there at the bottom. Um, it has a rough texture added in key areas to help with grip. Uh, I think it's a pretty cool little mag. I, I really do. I think it's pretty interesting. Like I said, innovation is wonderful for you know in competition as well for the firearms industry. So I'm looking forward to these. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the New are the gun culture segment, and let's start wrapping the show up. Make a move extreme, shortcut to your dream, a boat straight to the stars on a flying thing. Get the snow blind. Well, if you don't have HBO Max, I pity you because the move. Well, the gun culture segment we're talking about today is the Peacemaker. Now, if you aren't familiar with what Peacemaker is, it is a character that is uh, based off of a DC comic book, um, and you first were introduced to the Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad, the newest Suicide Squad movie, uh, and the character is played by John Cena. Now, I'm not a humongous fan of John Cena, since basically he's sold out to the Chai and apologized for calling Taiwan a country, but this fucking TV show is hilarious. It is so fucking funny. Uh, And we're just going to talk about some of the guns that are used uh, in the Peacemaker. Now, normally we use IMFDB as our source, but IMFDB has not updated their, uh, I guess their Uh, website in regards to this series. All they have is a old movie called The Peacemaker uh, with George Clooney from back in like 1997. So just kind of going based off memory uh, because I fucking binge watched it like Friday and Saturday and uh, didn't write anything down because I thought MFDB might have it so or at least an article about it. But uh, anyway this this TV show is hilarious. Um, like I said, if you don't have an HBO Max subscription, if you have a buddy that has one, uh, maybe see if he, you can ask him if you could you could borrow it for you know a weekend, and you can binge watch this show. It is hilarious. Um, it's got uh, some pretty good actors in it, some people from the Suicide Squad, uh, and then of course some other people. Uh, you know, some added you know characters in there. Um, but you know some of the guns that I noticed that just kind of stuck out to me. Obviously, uh, John Cena's you know personal gun that he carries on his side. Uh, it's a uh, a uh, like a Mark 19 Desert Eagle. Uh, some of the guns that the like you know government agents used. Uh, they used to look like some Sig uh, 220, like either 226 or 229. Uh, you also had of course like some Glock uh, 19s. Uh, you had a like a Barrett in a Barrett 50 Cal in there Uh, you also had like a look like a Mossberg or Remington pump shotgun Uh, of course lots of uh, you know AR M4 style uh, you know modern sporting rifles Um, trying to think some other guns that were in there Uh, you had a uh, honestly it looked like a Walther uh... you know like an older walther handgun uh... that one of the the other characters vengeance uses um, And you also look like honestly look like maybe a smith and wesson sigma as well in there you had like a couple two-tone uh... you know stainless steel slide with a black grip black polymer grip uh... handguns in there um, but i'm telling you if you're looking for a good fucking tv series uh to watch and it's only one season uh you know there's only i think it's eight episodes and you know normally when i watch a a tv series uh you know i always hit like the skip intro button but the intro is so fucking awesome that I watched it every single time oh and then uh the dude that played uh the T like 9000 or 1000 from Terminator 2 Judgment Day uh he's in there he is John Cena's dad in there uh, and I'm telling it's fucking hilarious. So, uh, if you got a chance, go out there and watch it. It's a great shoot 'em up, but it's also very funny. Uh, it's super fucking funny. It's one of those. Ep- it's e- every episode had a fucking awesome, like hilarious, gut wrenching laugh in it. J- you know, not the whole episode, but at least one joke in an episode was like that. So, uh, if you got a chance, go watch the Peacemaker on HBO Max. Uh, this weekend, uh, see if you could borrow, steal somebody's HBO Max login and go yeah, fucking do it. But I'm always on my phone, so yeah. while ignoring yeah. you, yeah. I'm paving my way, take me away, or oh, keeping me safe, suck on the face, sorry I'm late, I wish I'm not okay. came, it's not a race, still think of base. there's a million trillion things that I would rather do, oh. than be here you. I tidy up. I'm busy dreams and wishers. I don't clean my clothes, I never And with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this show up. I greatly appreciate you for listening into another episode of Two A Lifestyle. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to. That is the best way to keep up with new podcasts. Also, please leave us a review. Uh, we're still doing the swag giveaway. Uh, every review that's left is a great way for people to find us when they're looking for gun related content on any podcast platform. Also, go ahead and check out our social medias. Uh, We're 2A, the number 2A Lifestyle. Everywhere except for Instagram, we're two spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, check out our Patreon. It is the best way to support us. And we greatly appreciate every bit of support that you guys give us. I mean, seriously, uh, it shows that we're doing a good job and I really appreciate it. Uh, And be looking forward for future episodes. We're going to have some interesting guests on. Like I said, we already got a couple lined up uh, waiting to uh, finalize some more. So be looking forward to that. So see you guys in two weeks. And until then, keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. (laughs) they just anti-facts and you can show them the proof but if it doesn't all align with their views that they've been programmed with from the news then they don't want to hear it or even fucking be near it see the truth is too much for their spirit that's why they fear it they try to tell me no but fuck it i'ma say it anyway i've been waiting for